Hey, do you love binging your favorite TV shows and wish there were a way to binge those books too? Then this podcast is for you, where we do a brand new book every month of me summarizing each chapter, sharing my thoughts and my takeaways with you, so that you don't have to do it all on your own. Subscribe to the pod and be part of this amazing community where all you need to do is show up for yourself. Hello my fellow readers, this is your host Twinkle Dhud and we are currently discussing My Geeta by Devdut Patnayak. This is chapter 13 that we are on right now and we only have 5 more chapters to go guys. Let's go, let's do it. I need actually like I need more motivation at this point because I still have to go through three more chapters and then I have to create podcast for four chapters by the end of the day so that I can upload two today two episodes today and two episodes tomorrow anyways moving on so chapter 13 is you and I have no control that is so true that this topic this chapter is self-explanatory like we have no control over our actions and this is going to explain a lot of things like as to why we don't have control we will discover in this chapter like how every organism has little control over their own capabilities and capacities because we all are dependent on like these natural material tendencies uh, or in Hindi it's called guna which in turn is like shaped by karma in a way so it will dawn on us that we are not agents of like world and we are not here to be like change the world we are instruments of world we are part of the world and we need to accept that the world is changing and it's changing for itself basically it's not changing for us and we are not changing the world the world is changing on its own if we think that we are going out and just planting those trees and plants and everything which existed even before we existed so yeah there are some plants or trees that we your grandfather or your great great grandfather might have planted but other than that it's almost like it's almost like the world is already doing its job and he, it knows what its job is and we are instruments of the world we are here to exist for the world and not the other way around if i hope it makes sense like i i feel like i'm literally mumbling at this point so the book says from here the conversation between Krishna and Arjuna becomes more intellectual and uh, before it was emotional obviously we remember right because all like bhakti and God related stuff was there and in this it will be in this phase it will be more intellectual conversation between Krishna and Arjuna. So Krishna tells Arjun that Arjuna in your conceit you may declare that you do not want to fight but your nature will compel you to do so shattering all resolves do, do you guys ever realize how our mind makes arguments to do a certain thing i know my mind does like whenever i'm in a conflict or something 
I naturally in my head I'm having conversations and it's like I'm not even part of it but it's happening it's happening and I cannot control it whatsoever and once we are through the conversation is over what we what our action is what we do is eventually our nature right like me making an impulsive decision even after reading my Gita, practicing meditation, yoga, everything. Maybe I might have like ducked a few of like mistakes, impulsive decisions that I was supposed to make before that. But I created a major blunder because of that nature I have like of being an impulsive person. That makes so much sense. Unless the heart feels secure, our head will not accept the reality revealed by anyone or any who. Even if you notice it yourself, our heart needs to feel secure before we can make like accept any kind of reality. And according to the book, the reality is that we humans are helpless before the force of nature that karma determines the circumstances of our life and guna determines the personality of people around us. Like, I mean, I need a moment to let this sink in because sometimes when I'm reading, I'm just reading. But when I speak it over again on the podcast, it makes me realize thousand more things about myself and even about like things that have been going through around me in my life like that shit's deep bro so if we can't control the things if we can't control anything not even ourselves and our basic nature then what when what can we do right like because we are here to try like we are here because we are trying to improve our lifestyle but here because we want to be a better human so what our job is in that is to understand all of this that is all we need to do we just need to realize that our personality is something which is sort of intertwined with karma and whatever is the outcome is a result of that like it's not upon us like we are not the sole responsible human being for whatever happens to us in a way it makes me makes us sound like we are some kind of codified robot like everything is already predetermined for us and then what's the point of doing anything right so to explain guna uh this is what has been said that even like clouds expand because that is what their personality is temperature keeps on changing again because of their personality well volcanoes are exploding because of their personality sun rises and sets because of their personality so there is like literally these are elements there is no life around them right but it happens it's still they still go through certain phases and changes because that is in their personality so here's what the author has to say about guna that guna is the nature of the nature and the root of its diversity and dynamism so the person who observes this dance of guna is like a wise man or like a person with a wide mindset then it 
it is explained that there are three types of guna tamas rajas and sattva which are like coexisting in every human being so say rajas is plants sattva is humans and tamas is elements like not exactly is but just to give an example of these three guns these are the like tendencies of activities they flow through so do you know how like to make different recipes we need to put a certain amount of salt a certain ratio of water a certain ratio of mirchi to make it tasty right so the ratios are divided so you would not put the same spices or the same ratio of spices in a sabji that is bhindi and say you are cooking aloo so you will not put same ratios or same kind of masalas in two of them right so similarly for us humans these three gunas are divided like you know the ratios are different so no one is a full tamas or rajas or sattva all these three guns are basically divided that's what the book has to say and one cannot exist without other so all three of them exist in me in you but at a different ratio so sattva comes from knowledge and rajas comes from desire and tamas comes from ignorance so there are like there's a whole depth of information on this in the book in this chapter actually and different examples are given and different concepts are given with that for us to get a better knowledge about all these three types of gunas in conclusion <laughs> this is so hilarious to me i don't know why but in conclusion i'll tell you why it's hilarious to me okay so when we react to things unconsciously or without giving it a thought without being aware and we know that we are unable to control our impulses in this situation that is when we are governed by our guna okay and now we have given out we have performed this action now that action is caused by our guna and that action's result is karma and that karma again creates guna so it is so hilarious to me because this whole thing is so complex our existence is so complex and it's just just it's better to understand the whole thing than you know to try to control anything right makes sense so like i gave that example food and ratio wala uh, book also has a cute example something like that so we are all a masala box of guna with one guna dominating at different times we can be lazy we can be assertive detached or engaged and yoga makes us aware of the guna at work like which in this phase of my life which gun of mine is more dominating at the moment which is at on which is on the front line and which two are taking the back seat so that like the yoga and meditation makes me makes us aware of that fact super duper not so complex chapter here and the result is again yoga and meditation guys 
the key takeaway from the entire Gita is you need to do yoga and meditation to be a better human being, to understand yourself more. So if you, at this point you don't want to listen to the podcast because it's going to be like, guys, do yoga, do meditation, I get it. But if you do listen to the podcast anyway, thank you. Okay, moving on to chapter 14. Chapter 14, that is you and I value property. Now, guna is our body and our personality. Karma is the circumstances of life. Shishtra, Kurukshetra, Shishtra. Okay, it's, it's property in English. So, we are going to stick with that because we don't know how to pronounce it. Anyways, so the power to create our own ability by creating and claiming property that is what will be the theme of this chapter and why is that that we put more value in properties rather than someone's guna or karma because property is something visible and measurable so as a human we are very like curious beings like very <laughs> We need to know anything, everything. We need to have knowledge. We need to know the facts of life. So, you know, we like always wonder, like, I don't know about others, but I do like who we are. What is our relationship with this certain person around us? Or what is my value in life? Or what is my purpose in life? All these kind of questions comes to our mind, right? Now, the book says, that the sun, the rain and the earth did not have any value until trees came along. Sunlight, water, soil are like trees' food. Likewise, plants have no value until animals came along and sought them as food. So it's us basically who gives value to the things around us. Plants and uh, trees gave value to sun, rain and earth. Animals gave value to plants. And carnivorous people who eat animals, they gave value to the animals. Or people who love animals, like myself, gave value to our love for animals or anything for that matter. So we as humans, who do we value? Because there's no one to consume us, right? No one thinks of us as a food. So, who gives us value? Now, to this book says there can be two approaches. The literal and the metaphorical. The literal would be sacrificing humans and oh, ew, I don't want to talk about that. We get it. Moving on to metaphorical. That would be like to drawing attention to a human ability to give meaning to each other and nourish each other emotionally and intellectually. Makes sense. A child gives a mother value, right? Uh, a student gives value to a teacher. A patient gives value to a doctor. So our ability to nourish each other emotionally intellectually physically gives meaning to our like existence right now to put into gita's terms 
there are two kinds of people people who need material nourishments and people who need emotional or intellectual nourishment so an example of mahabharata is given before the start of kurukshetra war the pandavas and kauravas once came to krishna for help krishna offered them all that he had one could have narayani that was his army basically which is fully uh, equipped and the other could have him who is narayana and he will be unarmed and just would exist in their team so the kauravas choose narayani while pandavas choose krishna narayani is krishna's resource and all that he has narayana is all that he is now the former is tangible and measurable like a property right and even outlast death in a sort i don't know what that means okay hence kauravas preferred narayani and uh, kauravas mimicked a behavior of asuras and uh, like in Pur- uh, purans if you guys remember i told you a story few uh, like episodes back that how people who are asuras are more interested in brahma's booms like his astras and all that stuff so kauravas are not interested in krishna he they are interested in his and not him and whereas pandavas are interested in krishna so there is to say that kauravas seek a material nourishment and not a emotional or intellectual nourishment now why this story is important is because when we understand the difference between what you have or what i have then who you are or who i am when we understand the difference between what and who of a human being is like when we become a wiser self and we see a human for like who they are and connect to a more intellectual higher version of ourselves now that's the saddest thing in our society that what a person is is not important to that like they don't care about what my potentials are what your potentials are what we want in life no that doesn't matter to them but what matters to them is how much we have in life how much we are acquiring in life are we acquiring more than them do we have more properties than them do we have more business than them do we have more money than them when we have this thought in our head it's going to be the, it's that means we are not a superior intellectual person who we think we are and that's just kind of sad it reminds me of something like really uh, personal and uh, it just make times like this when i feel like looking back at my background of things and like you know the conversations we have in a room with our families like those conversation strikes and you realize how like silly those conversations are and there are things in everyone's families like you know related to properties and stuff but like times like this makes you realize what uh, really matters and what those convers in 
those conversations what was the wrong sentiment or what was the wrong thing that was going on there i i don't want to be more obvious than i have been already right now but times like this that makes you realize what actually goes in our society and in our own home and how often do we need to you know reflect on our own life before like looking outwards and seeing like what comparing ourselves from others and stuff like that arjuna the wise know the body as a farm and the mind as its farmer this body or farm is constituted by five elements flesh notion of who you are intelligence your emotions your sense organs your response organs and the pastures 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 that your senses graze upon and all that causes pain and pleasure attraction and revulsion okay they said five elements what are these like this has named some 10 elements already okay we are going to count intelligence emotions organs pain and pleasure and attraction and revulsion so these are the five main elements which constitutes our entire being so kudos got it so there is this line in the book about karma which hits me really hard what we attract naturally towards us is based on past karma what we bring forcibly towards us is based on current karma hmm so all this pain in 2023 is because of some past karma of mine is is that the conclusion i'll be i should be taking i don't know this geeta is like really complex like i am like you f- need so i was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and she told me she's been listening to my podcast and she's liking it a lot and she tried to read this book you know like before also and but but she found it really complex and she said this line that you need peace to read this book and honestly i get it because this book is so complex like half of the time when i'm reading it goes like sar ke upar se but when i'm explaining things to you guys on the podcast things comes to me from god knows what corner of my mind and i'm into this zone i'm like ha huh. now this thing that happened to me then makes sense like what is this <laughs> i don't like this feeling okay enough ranting about my life uh, in conclusion once we realize that our identity comes from within and uh, not from the property we will be a better human i guess so this was a different chapter jiska conclusion didn't come to like do yoga or practice meditation and you'll reach and you'll be a better person no you need to dematerialize dematerialize is that even a word i don't know but you need to disconnect from material things 
and not see your possessions as a post like as a reality of who you are and that kind of like personality things should, should come from your own self like what your if you are a painter your worth is not based on your paintings no it is on your artistic values if i love like i love writing so my poems are not my worth no my talent of writing is what makes me good or bad whatever like that yeah that was a good example i guess right okay guys that is it for the chapter i'll be posting two more podcasts tomorrow chapter 15 16 17 and 18 and i've done chapter 15 and i'll be finishing chapter last three chapters today and tomorrow maybe i'll read it literally while i'm recording the podcast you never know because i have other things on my list which are keeping me very occupied at the moment anyways thank you so much for listening i hope you have a great day and i'll see you guys tomorrow bye oh wait i forgot to say we'll be doing atomic habits next month so keep your books ready that book is going to be crazy amazing we are going to learn so many good things and practical life things that will not just be yoga for sure so we're going to learn the those tricks and tips to develop our habits and basically improve our overall daily life and i'm really excited to explain it to you guys or discuss this with you guys okay bye